Tayanos, Tayanos, fresh tongues, Tayanos, fresh tongues. A new depth, a new fountain, a new depth, a new fountain, Tayanos. What we have to offer in the kingdom of God is life. That's what we have to offer. Let me make it simpler for you. It means that the only thing you can offer as a believer is the quantity of life. Remember, I with you. The seat of man's operation is his heart. Hmm? And as I've told you people, the heart is the contact point between the soul and the spirit. And because of that, it has become the seat of your personality. Meanwhile, the color that manifestations take as it pertains to what you do on earth is your soul. Your, your life, I with me, your day-to-day life takes the color of your soul. That means even if a content is in your spirit, when it's coming out, it will take the shape and the content and color of your soul. And that is why some people can be manifesting the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but as it's coming out from their life, it is still colored by their soul. Are you with me? So some people have competitiveness in their soul. So even when they are manifesting the gift of the Holy Spirit, we will see that it's not coming by love. It is on that account that Paul said eh? that the whole context of the manifestations of the Spirit is... Um, is within the ambit of love. So he said, if I give myself to bond, somebody sacrifices his body, yet it is not considered anything because it is not within the ambit of love. So love has become the definition or the coloration of the manifestation of anything that is of the spirit so that it will represent our kingdom well. He is trying to say that even though what you are doing is good, as it's coming out, it is now colored by the content of your soul. And one of the content of the soul that is not yet processed can be competition. Ayubit can be strife. Eh? Can be show off. It can be curiosity. Curiosity is subtle. Curiosity is trying to prove a point. That's one of the major things that people that, as you are going up and God wants to use you, one of the things you must die to is curiosity. Trying to prove a point. There are days that God will refuse to do some certain things. And people and circumstances will seem as if He's putting pressure on you to prove a point to them. It is on those days that you die to curiosity. Many days they ask Jesus, if you are the Messiah, show us. Say, show us a sign. He said, I will not show you any sign except the sign of Jonah. It is the sign of death. Are you with me? So it is important that you understand that even though the spirit of man is pure and the content of the spirit is life. Are you with me? The measure of life that man comes out and ministers, that is why Paul said that we do not just minister to you the word of the gospel, we minister to you also our souls. Why is he saying so? Why not spirit? Because what men interact with is your soul. Eh? What they need is the content of your spirit. But what they interact with is what 
your soul, your intellect, your emotions, and your will. That's the only thing men can touch as men. Are you with me? Now, of course, they can also touch your spirit. But normal men, even before they touch your spirit, they touch your spirit through your soul. That's what I'm trying to say. So what they need to touch, finally they will touch your spirit. But they will touch your spirit through your soul. And that is why people like Watchman Nee will tell you that. You will, not know, you will not know a man until he has spoken. That when a man speaks, eh, the content of his inner man is now revealed. So most times he say he waits until a man speaks. Because you can determine the type of person he is by the content of his words. So in your spirit is locked up the life of God. But your soul, as the outer shell, blocks the manifestation of that. Now, are you with me now? Now, process is important so that the outer shell of the soul will be cracked. So that there will be a release of life. So the extent to which your soul is cracked is the extent to which you can minister life. Are you with me? Remember I said that the merchandise of the kingdom of God is what? So, but that life is already in your spirit. But it is encased by the soul. So what is made manifest and ministered to people is the one that has been processed. By process, we mean the one that has reached now. The, the um, extent to which your soul has been processed and aligned to the dimension of your spirit. You see? So that it, what is now manifest does not take any coloration, but the coloration that is in your spirit. You can be preaching the gospel and preaching it as an evil man. I with you. But the gospel is a global mandate. That means, I with you. That means if I, if I go to UK and open a branch of revival hall, eh? It will, what, the people you will see there are Nigerians. And not just Nigerians, evil men. You see, it's a challenge. Is it not a challenge? Because if it's true that your gospel did not take a coloration along the way, eh, it will be able to minister to any man, any place. And these are mostly the things that God deals with in the seasons of process, in the wilderness season. Are you with me? Jesus made sure he told his disciples that disciple all men, starting from where? Jerusalem, to where? Judea, to where? Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. So it's a global mandate. So he's trying to tell them that the developmental stage that you will pass through has to be in such a mood, in such an extent, in such a, uh, a level that even if you minister to anybody anywhere in the whole world, your gospel will not be strange to them. It will be something that they can relate with. Are you with me? For example, now, because of the warfare that is in your family, the only thing you can understand about the gospel now can just be deliverance. But is it true? So, and guess what? The people that will be coming to you will be people that need deliverance. People that need deliverance. After some time, you will develop a gospel of deliverance. Is the gospel about deliverance? Are you seeing it? So, even though what is coming out is genuine, but it has now been colored by the content of your surroundings. Are you with me? So that, now, this is it. That is, 
in extension on the basics and foundational when the spirit is released it is released actually through the soul that's the truth so if your feelings are you with me remember the soul of the soul is divided into three compartments or into three dimensions i've said it one is what the will the emotions are affections and then the intellect are you with me now so so if you want to touch god i'm coming so if you want to somebody wants to touch god through your intellect are you with me if that intellect have not been submitted to the authority of your spirit and your spirit obviously that is already under the authority of the holy ghost what will happen is that that person will touch and touch um, what do you study in school? Psychology. You'll be talking as a psychologist. Are you with me? That's what they touch when they touch your intellect. But your intellect is supposed to be a conveyor of the life of God. The intellect that has been submitted to the authority of the Holy Spirit at every point in time is a conveyor of what? The life of God. Haven't you seen people that are very... I was... Before, this afternoon, I was, I was watching some clips on Facebook on YouTube about, um, of, of Ravi Zacharias. How many of you have heard of Ravi Zacharias? He is one of the major people, if not the major person in, in, um, in um, apologetics, Christian apologetics. The guy is so good. Meanwhile, he's, the basis of apologetics is actually intelligence. That's just the basis of apologetics. It's intelligence. Eh? It's intellect. Are you with me now? So the man, in spite of how intelligent he is, that capacity that he has retained in his intellect has become a conveyor of what? The life of God. Because he has, he has been submitted to what? The authority of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me now? Meanwhile, another believer is using his intellect to argue. Argue some things about the church, argue about things that are not important, argue about tithes, argue about all those things. You see, I'm not here to talk about that, but the truth is that Jesus actually called those things the lesser things. But he doesn't say that they are not part of it, but actually they are the lesser things. So sometimes when people base all their teaching and wrestling on the lesser things, you exert your image, you cause fathers because of the lesser things. What will not happen when we bring the higher things? <coughs> Are you with me? Another is your emotions. Especially if it's the ladies. One of the ways you know a lady that is matured in God is how much she's matured in her emotions. Hmm? The greatest maturity that a woman will gain, especially when you are called into ministry, is what we call emotional maturity. Huh? And this is what happens. You see, this is what we mean by saying you have submitted your emotions to the Holy Spirit. The scripture says, mourn with them that what? Mourn. And rejoice with them that what? That means there are seasons where in the spirit there is rejoicing. For example, the scripture says, and Jesus what? Rejoice in the spirit. That means there are seasons where the spirit is what? Rejoicing. The only thing that they Emotions of the soul is expected to do in those periods is what? Rejoice. That is a soul 
That is emotions that have come under what? The government of the Holy Spirit. And on that account, the life of God that is locked up in your spirit can now be what? Released, unhindered. Meanwhile, I would say, if that emotions has not been submitted, the person will be crying when the Holy Spirit is rejoicing. And rejoicing when the Holy Spirit is. And sometimes you can even rejoice. But you will not rejoice as much as it's rejoicing. Or you will overdo it because your your emotions have not been submitted to the authority of the Holy Spirit. So that when the content of the Spirit is coming out, it's true that it's coming out, but it is still colored eh, by your soul. So there are people that cry a lot. So as far as they are concerned, the Holy Spirit is not moving unless people are crying. Is it true? I wait you now. Now you have to understand the whole context. And there are people they read in the scripture where the scripture says rejoice and I say rejoice evermore. And they interpreted it as you know on Saturday we experienced that move of the spirit. Laughing in the spirit. They, they interpret it as laughing. Laughing does not necessarily mean I with me, but they are seeing. so some of them will say, Glory! Ah! And all that, that. Am I saying it wrong? I'm saying that rejoicing in the spirit is not necessarily manifested that way. Am I saying it cannot be manifested that way? I'm saying it is not necessarily what manifested that way. So a man that the emotions of his soul, affections of his soul has been submitted under the government of the Holy Spirit, understands eh, how the Holy Spirit wants to manifest himself at time. It's not even you understand. Because you are aligned where what happens is that what he's doing exactly is mirrored in your emotions. And the same way with your will. Of course, the will is the highest. Hmm? When the will of a man is not cracked, it's not even useful at all. The major place that needs to be cracked in your soul is your will. I'm telling you. Do you know at the Garden of Gethsemane what was the warfare there? We. We was the context of warfare. You see how long it took Jesus to conquer his will. Now, you might not know how strong your will is. You might think you are yielded to the Holy Ghost until some certain things come. And I have also found out that there are levels of yieldedness. There are measures of yieldedness. So certain seasons of your life God will demand a higher measure. And in those days, that is the only condition for entering into another realm of oppression. Huh? The question? Ask. Can someone pass through as a process or is 
the whole context of our teaching is process. Even when you, there are types in process, there is also um, times where decisions, moments, as in uh, short process, as in short decisions and actions are taken. But they are still part of the whole process. For example, now, God can be dealing with um, greed in your heart. He's, he's dealing with greed. And he's working on it, working on it, working on it, working on it. Through prayer, through revelations, and all those times. Huh? After some time. You will finish with your last card. You will buy something. And God will say, give it. But he will even tell you, give it to somebody you don't like. Hi. That is the day you know. Huh? That is it. You will now notice that. Now, on that day, if you obey, are you with me? It is on those moments that we now say obedience is superior to sacrifice. If you don't obey, the process is truncated. Or rather, not truncated, is stagnated. Eh? It's a class. You have to repeat it. So, that occasion in the process, eh? it is an instant of manifestation of the dealings of God. But remember, you are already on the process. Is it not true? But a day comes when the measure of the work that has been done in your soul eh, is being tested. On those days when it's tested, your response to those things, it can, most times it's physical things that test it. Your response to those things is a testimony to how much the workings of God has progressed in your life. So you that used to struggle, you have 10,000, they say give 1,000, you used to struggle. After some time, you'll be clearing your account. Clearing it until mammon dies. Don't trust any believer that has not cleared his account. Have you cleared your account before? Huh? I know most of my people here have done it. But one of the signs that revival is here is that the scripture says they gave everything they had. In fact, they counted it. <laughs> you see, there are, there, are, there are two levels. There are the days you give. You are, you are give, I'm giving my money. No, they said they counted. Nobody counted what he has as his own. So even when they are giving, they are giving as if they are not giving their own, their property. You know, you can give God like this and say, I gave God. I gave God. And then you expect God to now fall down from heaven and be rolling in your room. Just because you gave him one. <laughs> Just because you gave him one nonsense, 50,000. Okay, you gave him one nonsense, 50. God should come down from his throne. You don't know anything, my friend. After he reached a point, when we finished Sonship Conference, I think a day or two after, somebody now 
sold 100,000 to me. And then I was about to minister at Portacot around 2 a.m. I woke up to pray. And then I was very quiet. Give it. I prayed in tongues loud. <laughs> when I prayed in tongues, I said, Cut, no, I passed this thing. I didn't even wait till tomorrow. I gave up, I gave out the hundred thousand. When I did, I finished I made a prayer. I told God, don't give me anything back. I, it is a privilege for me to give to you. So when God is looking for people to give, He counts me as one of the people He trusts that He can give. He knows that because what we are supposed to be is channel. We are not supposed to be storehouses. If something comes to you and blocks, very soon it will stop coming. Or rather, it can be coming, but God will not trust you as his men. When things matter, God cannot carry all his investment that he needs. For example, this ministry needs finance. He will not be putting it in your hands. He won't put it in your hands because he knows that to put it in your hands is to stop the work. Because you are a storehouse, you are not a channel. Are you with me? The same thing. So the same thing happens to your um, affections or emotions, happens to your intellect, happens to what your will. So, as I said, the merchandise of the kingdom of God is what life. But that life is in your spirit. That's the challenge. So as it's coming out, it takes the coloration of what? Your soul. And that is why you need process. Because process is what deals with the soul. Are you with me? And cracks that house partial to a point where there is a release of the spirit. Unhindered one and uncolored. Or uncorrupted too. These are important. So when we see the release of life, we will not see a, a dimension of God and many dimensions of self and flesh and Satan. No. It will be a pure stream. Say pure stream. A pure stream. Just one, a small measure of a pure stream is more powerful than a hundred measure of a corrupted stream. A typical example is the prophetic ministry. A pure stream of prophetic ministry that is not forensic. You know people like forensic. A pure stream of the prophetic is more powerful before sight of God and sight of powers, then someone will come and prophesy. You know all those people. They prophesy for you from 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. None of them is useful. The territory is not changed. Then we'll finish, and then one lady will prophesy for just 15 minutes. And her stream is pure. Release the mind of God concerning lives and territories. And you will go out, lay hold on it, and see the manifestation. I wait. So the first, or rather, oh. I'm telling, I was trying to make a point. That the useful man in the kingdom is the processed man. Say after me.
So, in other words, the measure of a man's usefulness in the kingdom is the measure of process that he has passed through. And I told you people that it is not, it's not, process is not something that is uh, abstract. That the scripture has listed to us the three stages of process in a man's life. According to the book of Philippians chapter 3 verse 10, that the first one is say suffering. The second is a death. And the third is a, is a resurrection. Resurrection is, the, resurrection is the region of life and glory. Actually, the process should just be suffering and death. But resurrection is also part of it. Because resurrection is not just an event. I hope you know. Um, the real context of all these things, that's why it's called process. It is not an event. It is what? Say process. process. What did I say? These, uh-huh, these things are not what? It is what? So, um, there is death, the event. I hope you know. There is suffering, the event. I hope you know. There is a resurrection, the event. But in the context of this, our teaching, as, and as it pertains to every believer, and as I said, what was even our topic, the structures of the wilderness season, or the structures of the process season. Eh? All those structures find their bearings. If we want to categorize everything I wrote from 1 to 15, you will find them under these three headings. Are you with me? So there is, in this, my, our lecture now, we are not looking at and suffering the event. We are looking at suffering what? The process. And we are not looking at death, the event. We are looking at what? Death, the what? So there is death, the process. And then we are not looking at resurrection, the event. We are looking at resurrection, what? The process. These three stages are what ensures the process of man. That's the man that is useful. And this is what your Savior Jesus passed through. Are you with me? When he was staying with them, he told them, it is expedient that I go. Huh? That's one of the... He has been making allusions to this thing. But his disciples were not able to understand it. Because of, you know, um, the regime that, they, well, they, that, that was open to them. The regime of the spirit within has not been opened up to them. Are you with me? There are some seasons Jesus told them, except the corn of wheat falls down to the ground. And what? He was telling them about the death, the process. There was a time one of them came and told him, I, I want to sit with you in your glory. He said, Are you able to drink of my cup? Cup of my sufferings. In fact, he told them, Indeed, you will drink it. Those days they didn't understand. Are you with me? So Jesus made allusions, or rather said it, even though the understanding came to them when the Holy Spirit began to teach them. When the ministry of the Holy Ghost, the teacher. How does the Holy Ghost teach you? Say by anointing. 
That's how the Spirit teaches. Actually, when the Bible said the Spirit of wisdom and revelation, it is not Holy Spirit, wisdom, revelation. No. The Spirit of wisdom and revelation is actually, in the correct sense, the anointing of wisdom and revelation. Yeah? Yes, it's an anointing. So the first, out of all this structure, let's see if we can look at them. There are many, and they are important. I don't know if we can make, should we make it a series until we finish it? Okay. Let's start from number one, deliverance. I've already started. These are the structures of the wilderness season. One of the structures there is deliverance. You see here. Eh? The first thing God needs to achieve in your life is deliverance. And I mean, when I mean deliverance, of course, we know that there are three levels of deliverance. Is it not true? One is the deliverance of what? The deliverance of the spirit. The deliverance of the soul. The deliverance of the body. Yes. When somebody is healed, do you know his deliverance? When your mind is renewed, do you know his deliverance? Now, the first deliverance is the deliverance of your spirit. That's what happened when you got born again. Actually, the word salvation, there are two words for salvation, I've told us. One is um, sozo. The second one is soteria. Soteria. One is what? Sozo. The second one is what? Soteria in Greek. You see, soteria means deliverance from everything. Curses covenant, sin, all of them. That's what soteria means. And soteria takes care of the three, these three dimensions. So God is not just interested in the fact, ah, ah, you are now born again, ah, let's leave you. It's a lie. God desires that your soul prosper. He desires that the work of your hands prosper too. Huh? Let me tell you. A man that God delivered and did not deliver his finances, you are not yet delivered. And you will ask me, how do I know? It's in the scripture. The typical example of this deliverance thing we are looking at is the children of Israel. Eh? The night that they are delivered, God said that, and God gave them favor before the Egyptians, and he said, go and collect all their property. Now, Somebody will say, this thing I said is not true. Until you now check with the scriptures and find out that Pharaoh actually allowed them to go. But he told them, leave your cattle, leave your property. Is that one deliverance? Okay, remember, salvation has to deal with everything concerning you. It has to deal with everything concerning you. 
That is the first structure you meet in the seasons of um, in the wilderness season or seasons of process. That's where God delivers you from all many things. Deliverance includes addiction. Is it not true? It includes devils, curses that are running in your family. There are things there. Eh? Remember that um, the realities of the kingdom are in two dimensions. One is the position. Two is the experience. Are you with me? In Christ you are holy. Is it not true? But sometimes you look, some people look at a lady and you lost after that lady. So what is the problem? In Christ we are pure. In Christ we are righteous. So what is the problem? The problem is that the position has not been translated to what the experience. And because some of the people don't know this, they assume just because you are born again, everything should be okay. Now, they said all you need to hear is the word of God. The truth is this. They are not they are correct, but not entirely correct. Because the word is one of the conveyors of that reality. Are you with me? One of the things you must understand in this context eh, is this that your job now, when you have known, are you with me? When you are when you have known the um, position you have in Christ. Hmm? The next thing you need to know is what does it take for you to translate that position to experience? There are protocols that need to be engaged. Giving yourself to the word is one, not all. Another one can be prayer. It can be fasting. And all kinds of sacrifices. So you cannot just come and say it's the word. Some of them has to be mentorship. For, a, for you to enter some things that is your reality in Christ, you have to be mentored into it. You have to be taught into it, trained into it. Some, some is practice. Say practice. There are some things, for example, you know, um, one of these days we teach on the spiritual. We have taught a little on it, but let me tell you one thing about working miracles. Working miracles, the basic um, source of the reality that sponsors the working of miracles is the reality of Christ in you. Are you with me? That's, if you know, if you come into the economy of this revelation, it's enough for you to walk in the miracles. So the healing anointing and the miracle working anointing is good, but the measure, 70% of what it takes for a believer to be supernatural, eh, is what Christ is. Are you with me? So when we begin to teach on the miraculous and supernatural, the major thing we teach is identity. And your identity is is found where? In Christ. It is when you behold Christ that you now know who you are. Because as he is, so are we. So the more we behold him, the more we become like him. And the elements of the earth are subject not to you but to Christ. Eh? So, the level or to the extent to which Christ has now been revealed in you is to the extent which you can walk in these miracles and this supernatural. 
Because the elements of nature, sicknesses and Satan and all those things, they are subject to the name, subject to the reality that is in Christ. When that reality springs up as a fountain from you, based on the occasion of revelation, whatever means through which that thing becomes an experiential reality, all of them will be subject. You walk a supernatural life. You live a supernatural life. Meanwhile, all this is 70% on the context and scope of what say Christ in you. That's why it's people that really teach. When you lay hands on the sick, it is the Christ in you that subdues that sickness. That's what John G. Lake says. So that means deliverance have to. Deliverance has already been achieved. It's your position in Christ. Are you with me? But most times, you see, some people are born again. They still see themselves attending their village meeting. They have never been to their village before. You don't even know your village. <laughs> you don't know their face. But you, you know them in this. You know if you see them in the physical, you know them. And some, they will be telling some pastors there, some pastors will be dismissing their... So, you are telling the person he is lying or what? I don't understand. Somebody is having a genuine experience. And just because you can't offer help, you dismiss it. Saying something does not exist, does not nullify his existence. I used to think what it means for you, for me to walk in health is to say, I'm not sick, I'm not sick. It's not true. If you are sick, it's a fact. But you must know that fact is different from truth. So when we see facts, what we do is that we superimpose the truth of the word of God on it. That's what it means to walk in dominion as it pertains to health. Not to deny it. So when you start feeling symptoms, what you do is trace it. Find out where is this one coming from. Not denying it. Satan will like you to deny it. But Jesus never denies sickness. He never denies Satan, the existence of Satan. That's one of the things that happened in the 60s, 70s in America and 80s. They don't believe, they, they, they say, don't teach about demons and casting of devils. Until people like Derek Prince came out. The major person that God used in the deliverance move was Derek Prince. Nobody knew more about the casting of devils and the oppression like Derek Prince in that move. There is one of his books that I will suggest to you. In fact, go and find all his books on deliverance. There are many. Number one is, And they shall expel devils. There is also his books on how to break curses. So what I'm trying to say is that there is a position and there is an experience. So there are protocols that when you engage it, what will happen is that the position that you have in Christ will now be translated to the experience that you have where? In Christ. So giving yourself to the world is just one. 
prayer and all those other things. Are you with me? And sometimes God will give you some prophetic actions too. Is it not true? It is not written in the Bible, but God can tell you to be waking up by 12 to 1 and be praying in front of your father's gate. And you say, ah, I'm born again. Glory! It's not in the Bible. Is, is it in the Bible? How can you believe what is, not, what is not in the Bible? Are you okay? I don't want to go deep. Fundamentally, what the scriptures functions as is plumb line foundations. Huh? When you live by the scriptures, does it mean that everything you say is by the scriptures? You know I'm teaching now. Everything I said, is it? Some people, that means if you want to teach, you'll be quoting my quoting scripture. But you use your words. Is it not true? Sometimes. And then it's correct. And it's still said that it's the word of God that you are, being, you are delivering. Hmm? Amen. So the first thing you encounter, the first structure you encounter is what says deliverance. And this deliverance is in three dimensions. One is of the spirit, one is of the soul. The most important is of the soul. As a matter of fact, if you achieve full deliverance, and what we mean by deliverance of the soul is what? Huh? Yes, renewal. Mind renewal. Where your mind conforms to the mind of Christ. Hmm? When you achieve that, of, most often than not, your body responds. Most often than not, your body is carried along. In fact, when the mind is renewed, every other thing around you is carried along. That's the, great, the greatest job is there. And because the greatest job is there, and the work that is done on the mind is done by light and revelation, that is why it seems as if people put more emphasis on the word and saying that the word that gives you deliverance. The reason is that the major warfare is in the mind. And the tools with which we fight in the mind is light. Are you with me now? And the primary and fundamental source of light is what? The scriptures, the word of God. Are you with me? So that means that giving yourself to the word is a foundational basis for gaining deliverance. So a man that has been transformed I I don't want to go there. You see, transformation is not abstract. Transformation is not without reference. I hope you know. So, that you are reading and filling your head with scriptures doesn't mean you are transformed. And that the few things that is not transformation. Transformation is not without context. It's not without reference. That you be conformed to the image of who? Christ. That means that transformation has a reference. There's a reference. Eh? So you are not supposed to become anything. You are supposed to become somebody. That means the way you get transformed is not arbitrary. There, is, there are steps. And those steps, Jesus took those steps. 
There are steps you took, and those are the steps you are supposed to take. Remember, Jesus is not just your Savior. In fact, he's not just your Lord. He's also the pattern man. He lived in such a way that if you live that way, you become like him. Remember when I, one of our messages, Behold the man, we were able to show that Christ Jesus is the man of God. I would say. Who is the man of God? So Christ Jesus is the man of God. That means that as far as God, the Godhead is concerned, eh? that they have found their man in Christ. Hmm? So, any other man that will be found anywhere can only be found in the image of the Christ. So when they found their man in Christ, they created all men from Christ. That is what, why the scripture calls him. What does it mean for him to be the first begotten? In fact, what does it mean to be the begotten? Don't have time to go into Very fact is, is a contestable issue in the body of Christ, especially in people that do doctrines and apologetics. But I don't want to go there so that we will not go out of line. Hmm? But the scripture says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, thing verse 10, or thereabout, he said, He became the captain of our salvation through suffering. Eh? So that through him, many sons will be raised unto glory. That is the so Many sons will be brought to glory because of the suffering. So Jesus did all these things so that he will become. He will set up a pattern so that any man that wants to become the man that of God, eh? simply see what Jesus did. The second structure in the season of process or the wilderness season is character. 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 Yes. No, no, no. No, they are not. They are nothing. Must one go to one at a time? Huh? Must it be one at a time? No, 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 no. Sometimes it can even be, can even be five. In fact, there are those there that go together. They are friends. Most times you must know that sometimes when God deals or does some things, He doesn't do it in one. He does it in in tribe and species. For example, you know, have you heard of um, Isaiah chapter 11, where the scripture listed to us the seven, is this seven, seven anointings? I hope you know that they are friends. They are, they are actually in pairs, two, two pairs. When you now analyze those seven spirits of God, if you want to gain balance in this spirit, what you get is four. Because four is balance. I hope you know. First four. It's a balance. Boys, say balance. balance. So the scripture now says, eh, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of counsel and might. That means that counsel and might what goes together. And in the same way you paid the rest. Are you with me? So I'm trying to answer this. Time they come in pairs. 
wisdom and revelation come together. <laughs> Just like we do in healing ministry too. Deaf and dumb come together. <laughs> I hope you know. Deaf and dumb come together. So there is, it means that if you, sometimes you might not see this. If you see this, I will, when I see this, I will know that the other one is there too. Okay, so the second one is character. Um, I will have you understand that Um, there are teachings on character that is not balanced. I will. Some people teach that the Christian life is all about character. Is it true? Is it true? Answer. There are many things I want to say, but let me start this way. Character is actually an outflow. Are you with me? It is it is not it is not even the nature. Hmm? Character is even the outflow. 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 The outflow of the nature. It is not even the nature itself. I know it is hard for you. For example, when we say God is good, I hope you know goodness is the character of God. But goodness is not is not really are you with me now? One of the ways God shows his character is goodness. Or rather, one of the ways God shows his essence. The essence of God. When goodness is manifested, we see it as goodness is a manifestation of an essence of God. That's the only way we can touch the character of God called goodness. But there is a nature from which those things sprang off from. That's what I'm trying to say. That nature is what we call, that's what Moses, that's, that's what uh, Moses said, show me your glory. That's what we call Christ in you. Are you with me? So I'm trying to say eh, that what people call character is not character. What they call character is good behavior and morality. Is it, it does not character. I'm trying to tell you that character is an outflow of a nature. The nature is called Christ. I've seen people that are humble, but they are not. You know, humility is a character. They are humble, but they are not humble as an outflow of Christ in them. What happens is that after some time, you notice that those people become proud of their humility. It's strange. But it's true. Haven't you seen people that are proud of their humility? 
They want you to know that they are humble. The any day you have to defend your humility, you are proud. Are you seeing? So this person is humble by whatever means, I don't know. But it is not an outflow of what Christ. I'm trying to say that character is an outflow, not the essence itself. So the emphasis should not be removed from the essence itself. If you understand this, it will solve your problem. I have seen, let me use humility because that's what people relate with most. Eh? Do you know God can deliver you from? There's what we call low self esteem. Hmm? It happens, it happens to me. God wants me to be a preacher. I didn't know. Even to many people, I thought he's local. Are you with me? So, I noticed that my number one challenge is that I can't stand before people. I will do anything to stay at the back. I will do anything. You will see things you can do more than. As that person is doing it, you are doing it in your heart better than you. You are praying for the trying to tell you this will you, if they tell you you will die. Are you hearing this thing? Are you getting the point? So, and God wants to use you. After some time, he imparted you with confidence and boldness. Eh? And then you enter like Pastor Chris or Yakilomi, that is poison. And then somebody says you are proud. See the way he's carrying himself. You should have one small shoe. And then. I wait. I wait. Wearing small things can be your own sign of humility. I'm not saying it's wrong on its own. It's an outflow. Another person can be that those things he is wearing is what is giving him the confidence to even come and stand before you. And as far as God is concerned, that person's confidence and boldness is key to the delivery of his ministry. So the day God wants you to be bold, you say you want to be humble. Want to be humble. Let me stay one place. So that they will not say I'm showing myself. The day you are supposed to minister and bring down. The day you are supposed to speak and then we bow. There is an authority with which we speak. They want to be speaking small so that they won't think you are proud of you are a foolish man. The anointing came on you. I know you are not always like this. So. That this thing is an anointing that is regulating your life. And making you to manifest in this manner. Are you with me? You quench the spirit and say you want to be humble. You don't want people to say you are showing yourself. You are a foolish man. In fact, you are a proud man. Because you don't know the ways of the spirit. This is a, a crime in our generation. People are producing self-righteousness and calling it character. That's what happened to Peter. They called Peter. I want to handle the negative so that I will now... So I want to show you what is not character. 
and humility. So that when I tell you what it is, you see, eh, sometimes the reason why you don't know what something is is because you are thinking it's something else. By the time I tell you what it is not, it will, it will be easy for you to know what it is. Is it not true? What I'm doing now is telling you what it is not. For example, they called Peter. From heaven, they brought down those things and said, Peter, what? Kill and eat. You see, for example, one of the characters of God is holiness and some of those things. And all that purity. No, that lipsticks. You can carry it and go to Essie. They'll be looking at you like this. Sister, sister she has backslided, bro. Sister, she has backslided. Kamo, kabakoma, kakia, kokok, shikis. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Not knowing that maybe God wants to open the person to another range of ministry. There are people you can never preach to like this. There are people you can never preach to with suits. You have to dress as the white. Wear your baggy and enter into the streets. I'm telling you. With dread. If you, tattoo, yeah, if you see that person, you will not believe it's gospel. I will tell you. I told you it happened to me. I went to UNN. I entered the church like this at at um, um, corridor CEC. I saw a lady, Minister Norma. She's on leggings. As far back as 2008, she's on leggings. I said, Satan is on pooping. <laughs> That's what I said. But the lady had light and revelation. The word of God was on her mouth. In fact, truth is that her spirit was pure. Now, of course, I will still get to the other end. Where there is also what we call... Um, To do something in boundaries. So, eh? It's not it's balanced, but there is a word you use. And when you talk about dressing and the way you manage, there's no word. Modesty. Decent. There is that too. Are you with me? Because as she's dressing that place, that's the only place she can do that. If she goes to the market, and nobody, she she, she won't win anybody. You will be doing argument on, and after argument, you have not done anything. And the gospel is not to argue. Mm. It's to win souls. <laughs> God did not send you to win argument. He sent you to, sent you to win souls. So you now want the argument, and then what? I, I'm telling you this thing. I did five hours argument, and I won. And the guy didn't give his life to Christ. That's when I knew that, that winning argument is not winning souls. And I went on my knees and fasted for six days, for seven weeks. Se- for six to six, for seven days. And the guy broke down. He see encounter that on his life. That's when I knew that winning argument is not winning souls. 
that you can come and tell somebody Jesus loves you and go. You didn't say any other thing. The person will cry from now till tomorrow. Because there is something that happens. There is a veil that covers people's eyes. So, um, I've seen people that they have known them to be, I've said this thing before, they have known them to be um, philanthropic. You know what is philanthropic? They like giving people things, helping people. To be a philanthropist, to be a giver is not the same thing as being a philanthropist. Some people are wasters and saying they are givers. That's not what we mean by being a giver. Eh? You have 1,000 that you will be rationing for one week. And guys entered. You just brought it and everybody ate. So that they will say you are a giver. You are a foolish man, my friend. When you finish eating today, tomorrow they will come now. What will they eat? Ration you to 200. Buy Gary and they will find. <laughs> Are you with me? They will find the one to eat today and find the one to eat tomorrow. Just because they are hailing you. You eat all of them now. See, let me tell you, in the kingdom, in giving, in the kingdom, God is, we are looking for givers, not philanthropists. He is the world that do philanthropy. You know what is philanthropy? You give so that men will count you as a giver. But in the kingdom, we give for God to count us as givers. And that means the basis and the context of our giving is not by the measurement of men. That men clap for me is not the reason why I give. They can clap, but that's not the basis. Are you with me now? So, sometimes I'll come and see beggars on the street. God is not telling me to give them. God is telling you, give your pastor. As a matter of fact, you won't know that your pastor that dressed on suit didn't have anything to eat for the last three days. The beggar you are in the street, eh? Don't you happen to notice I was passing one day, eh? If you see the food on their plate, I've not eaten it in three days. Now, I'm not saying it's bad. You Get my point. Get my point. My point is that you give by the leading of the Holy Spirit. You give by the principles of the scriptures. That's how you give. You don't give just because you saw somebody on the street. You are wasting your money. I say, I give, I give. If I see, anytime I see people, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a careless giver. Where is he in the scripture? I'm a reckless giver. You are wasting your money, my friend. Saying you are giving to God. You are not giving to anything. And after some time, people will know that you give like that then. But they will be they, they will come. <laughs> no. This lesson is an elderly an elderly believer that taught us this lesson. He's a multi-millionaire. He said God called him and taught him that there is a difference between being a philanthropist and being a kingdom financier. He said one of the examples that God gave him is that. One of his cousins finished school and he didn't have a car. And him, he has many cars. So he went and, you know, dealt with one well and waited to give him. God said, don't give him. Give it to this person. That it looks as if somebody needs something doesn't mean he needs it. Mm. There were days 
I know I could have given you money, but I know that that is not what God wants. To give you money there, then, is to shift you away from God's purpose. So, when, you are, when the prodigal son was going out, you know he was suffering when he went out. Any help he received that time is against the will of God and his purpose and destiny. So, any help you received those periods you went out. Anybody that helped you is against your destiny. The only help you need that time is to come back. But if you see me and I'm not giving you that time, you will assume I'm wicked. Is it not true? That's what people will assume. But before God, you are correct. Any help that the prodigal son received outside of his father's house is not a help. It's anti-destiny. It doesn't matter if they gave you one million. The only help you need is to get back. So I can see somebody, you can see somebody that God is training like this. And you quickly remove him out of process just because you don't want him to suffer. You didn't help the person. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If I'm, let's say they are giving people, they are things you never pass through and they come. So, what did I say? Let, write down this point. Character is an outflow of a nature. The nature of God that is in us. Character is an outflow of a nature. So simply what we do in character is to nurture the nature of God in us. Nurture what? The nature of God in us. Nurture the nature of God in us. Nurture the nature of God in us. Nurture the nature of God in us. Goodness is one of it. Humility is one of it. There are many of them. So anytime, whatever you call character is not stemming out of that nature, I don't know what you have. And anytime you have any basis to defend it, then you are wrong. Hmm? Sometimes you need to defend that you are a good person. For example, you know what we are dealing with that guy. Eh? I don't need to defend that I'm a good person. To prove any point to me. All I need to do is to stand where God is standing. Never! Because of people seeing you as a good person, stand where God is not standing. They will cut your neck in the spirit. I'm telling you from the scripture, there were days some Levites, there are people that are Levites, they committed a crime. The sons of Korah and all those things, they, they, are, they are priests. Are you with me? And there are some, when Moses came down from that mountain and saw them doing it, Moses said, I don't care if the person is your brother. Bring out your sword and kill him. On that day, he said, he's my brother, he's my brother. No, God said, on that day, who will you choose? He said, we are committing murder. God said, he's not murder. I'm the one that sent you. So, God's voice and people's opinion, which one is stronger? They have known you as a good guy. <laughs> a lady met me when I was in the north. She said, why am I this hard and harsh? <laughs> Say after me, why are you hard, Pastor? 
Oh my God. They want somebody to, you know, be petting and carrying them around. Should I tell you what you need from your mentor is not petting? What you need from him is instructions. In fact, eh? there are three major things. You receive from a mentor. Huh? One is instructions. Two is chastisement. Three is blessing. If he snaps picture with you, good. If he pets you, it's not bad. But those are not that, those are not the reason. Those are not why. You can get it from anybody. It's not even for money. It's not money that you are looking for. It's not to be identified. No, some people. I notice that these days that we are going on, some people like to say that they are with us. They are with pastor. It's not a small thing, you know. <laughs> if I write about you two times on Facebook now. And you're on Facebook, you receive 220 requests in two days. I'm not joking. I'm not. Just because there is one of our guys, the one that did the, does the Holy Ghost blast, I just did one or two things about him. You see the way people are inviting him, they are talking about him everywhere, telling him, he released a song. But after that, our sonship, another, I Suddenly, people that have seen his song, it was after we did. The song they have seen since, why didn't they say anything? It was after I. I'm telling you, it's true. That's such a thing. There are people that knew me in this name with this southeast and all that. They never identified with me until Apostle identified with me. They, they now identified with me. Because there is such a thing as that. So, I'm, st- I'm still saying that Mentorship is not even for that reason, sir. The three major reasons. There are other things that can come from it. These are the things you see. What? Number one is what? Number two is what? Number three is what? Yes. Um, so I think this is enough on character because. You cannot exhaust the teaching of character. It is the whole essence of the nature of God that is in you. When the nature of God in you manifests itself, what we see is character. Are you with me? So, the way for we to test, we may not know what nature is in you, but the day that nature is manifested, we will know. Eh? And what we see is character. And the truth is that character is basically lacking, fundamentally lacking in the body of Christ. And one of the major characters that is lacking is what I call integrity. Say integrity. Integrity. You cannot take a believer at his word now. What, did, what does Jesus mean when he says, let your yes be your yes and your no be your yes? No. 
talking about integrity. In those days, when America is starting you, when you tell a man you lied, eh? it's as good as telling him he's dead. If you say you lied, tell someone a man he lied, eh? it will result to a gun battle. How many of you have seen it? I used to read and watch Texan movies. Western movies. Once you tell a man you lied, he will put his hand in the gun. Because you are saying that the home, the, everything about that man's life is a lie. Because in those days, a man's word is his life. The measure of, of, a, of who a man is, is in his word. But today, if somebody tells you, I'm a pastor, go and find a lawyer. He says he's a reverend, find two lawyers. He says he's a prophet doctor, find four lawyers. Find a firm, a law firm. Is it supposed to be so? Because integrity has not been built in men. These days, if you see somebody that will tell you yes, and he's yes, hold that person, hold that person. Whether you like the person or not, hold the person. You know that if he's a do, a do says he's this, take it. If he's not with you, he's not with you. If he's with you, he's with you. And that's my basis for life. I cannot come and pretend, I know I can't do this, and I know I'm not with you, I know I don't like that, and I'm pretending I'm following you. No. You have to, anybody that follows me, it, it, it's easy for you to know my mind, the way I think about you. It's easy. I don't have. I don't have. If I don't like what you are doing, I will remove myself from you. I don't have time to be with you and be pretending. I still know that you are. That what we are doing this is just no, 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 no. I used to tell people that way. You are seeing me inside that room. That's where I am on the stage. There is no two people. There is no two. So somebody can come and tell you if he's a dude that told you this, he will do it. It's a very high place to get to. Where your word becomes your power, becomes your life. I have seen pastors like me, they are saying one thing and they are meaning another thing. They'll be saying things, so saying, you'll be asking them, they'll be saying yes, they'll and after they will give excuse. No. Excuse is not enough in this kingdom. Excuse is not enough. If you can't do it, say you can't do it. Nobody will kill you. Maybe because of many things you know. No. It's not needful. It's not needed. On the long run, in the immediate, it might hurt people. Seemingly hurt people for me to you know, stand for what I believe is correct. But over time, they will know that my stand is correct. And they will respect you for it. Hmm? When we, you get to a very high level, you will know what matters in life. You can find men that, that have integrity. You can take the whole world. You can be fighting and know that nobody will stab you at the back. Are you with me? There are many aspects of character. I, we can't finish this.
I would have talked, look at visions, capacity, prophesying. It is in the days of wilderness that you prophesy. You have not seen it. You pray and prophesy. Pray and prophesy. I will move it small. Move. Those are the seasons you prophesy. Let's end with that. Let's end with that. For the beginning might be small, but the letter end shall be greatly mighty. These are the days that God put a mortal words in your mouth. Words that are not crafted in the regions of men. Mortals cannot lay hold on their capacity. The energy that is incubated in those words and reverberate in eternity. Words that originated from the very heart of God. Remember the very context of prophecy. Eh? Is speaking the mind of God. The scripture says, Holy men speak. They are inspired, carried by the Holy Ghost. The major structure of the wilderness season, the seasons of process, is prophesying. You have not seen it, but your mouth has spoken it. The scripture says, Blessed is he that believeth, for he shall see the back of my If a man truly believed, he will confess it. The scripture says that this is how we know that you are now a part of our faith. As you believe in your heart, what will you do? You confess with your mouth. All trans better the spirit. I can't be small. I can't end like this. Go, call Abraham and say, as far as your eyes can see. He said, look at the stars in heaven. Look at the sun on the seashore. Can you be talking to a man that doesn't have any child on that basis? He has to be the prophetic realm. You don't have anything. You are in a village. You are sitting there. There is nothing. Be- and God is telling you that your calling and your destiny is global. It's a global mandate. And He says, speak it so that men will hear it. Because until you have spoken it with your mouth, nobody. As I'm speaking it now, because you are not just talking to yourself. You are talking to men. I'm talking to cosmos and devils. Let them hear it. John said, I am the voice in the wilderness. The seasons of the wilderness, you are giving voice to prophesy. It is in the wilderness that you gain a voice. The prophetic voice of God becomes enlarged. An incubation that is beyond this realm. He said, I'm the voice in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. There is a move of God that is coming. And God has, has, has imbued us, endued us with the grace, the utterance to reveal the mind of God concerning the season that is yet to come. It is yet to come, but we have received the capacity to speak about it. He has to take the prophetic. These are the things that happen. Begin to prophesy. I can't be small. You look at the family that you are about to have. I will not have a vagabond in my family. I will not be poor. The least among us will be as strong as David. You look around, we are still wearing slippers. No, he said, it's not about this. 
Even though my present time can be small, but my later end shall be great. <laughs> ah. Look up and see. And prophesy. And prophesy. And prophesy. And prophesy. It is on these wise that because of the prophetic season that we found in the wilderness, that the scripture has the, the right to say that don't not, do not despise the days of the little beginning. Never despise the days of the little beginning. Because in them is incubated the prophetic power, the prophetic word. You begin to speak it forth. 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 As far as your eyes can see. When Jesus was alive, all Jesus is telling them, you are going to rule with me. As many of you that followed me, you will have hundredfold in this life. He's talking to fishermen. How is it going to happen? These are the prophetic dimension. The man saying he believed it, and because he believed it, it will happen. He began to speak it. He began to speak it. He, began, he said that this gospel of the kingdom shall get to the ends yeah, of the world. It's yeah. a prophetic dimension. You will prophesy this night. Though you are small, your seasons will be great. This is the least that is being seen. My destiny, my future can never be determined by what I'm seeing now. My destiny is determined by the word of God that is in my mouth. The prophetic word that is in my mouth. I prophesy, I see and I speak. The scripture said that we have the same spirit of faith. And because we have the same spirit of faith, we believe and therefore we speak. We have the same spirit of faith. We have the same spirit of faith. The someone that is on Abraham and his son prophesied to the intent that today the Holy Ghost is as a result of the promise that God gave Abraham. We have seen the money. The scripture says we have the same spirit of faith. I command that. I bring you news today. You have the same spirit of faith. And one of the things that happened in the days of the wilderness, in the days of process, is that you see the future and you prophesy. You prophesy. Somebody prophesy. Prophesy for five minutes. For five minutes, prophesy. I come. I come. Borosobonda Kabaratai, Kailobaranta Babalahat, Redokotas, Redokotas, Atamberiato Kabanata, Mamaye, Mamaye Beros, Mamaye Beros, Radevanta Babal, Babata Babababate, Randa Bababa Kabaranta, Brada Babadia, Mantecola Paranda Babalata. Prophesy, son of man. Prophesy to the dry bones. It looks as if hope has been lost. It looks as if there is desolation. It looks as if there is no future. But the scripture said, What seest thou? He said, I see. I see a valley filled with dry bones. He said, Prophesy to them. Prophesy to your drivers, prophesy, receive life. 
Kambetos Kapatalia, Rapanamanta Kabenanto, Radabada Gadas Kabatabanata, Rabadabarataba Katabatia, Ebrende Bebebebebeto, Rababo. Shall live again. 
Let flesh come upon it. Let bread come upon it from the four winds of the earth. It looks as if what we are doing and what you are doing has no shape. Prophesy. Let flesh come upon it. Let life come upon it. Yes, he is king of Balia. Cantabal Balat. 